Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. Angela, what are we talking about in this episode? So I think talking about the importance of um, allowing children to play out different play schemes. What does uh, that look during, like? During this pandemic time. Um, so yeah, I wanted just to, to discuss a little bit more of some of the other types of play things that we're seeing out here um, at Timbernook. Um, so for instance, we had in Canada, one of our locations, children were um, reenacting a funeral, like when the pandemic, this was a couple, again, in the summertime, where they, um, they pretended that the grandmother died. And um, they actually held a funeral. And they, you know, um, they tried to look at where heaven was <laughs> and decide where that was going to be. And so they decided that the rope swing was going to be heaven because you had the best view, but it really, um, it was really interesting because it allowed them to again, process what was happening in their world in a healthy, playful way. Um, and I think that right now is really again, critical. So I, I think, um, just really keeping in mind, that children need an outlet um, to kind of process what is happening, um, but it's best done through play with especially other children. During yeah, yeah. I mean, play therapy is a thing because it works, and children, when given some power and control over their play, are putting themselves through little little sessions of play therapy all the time. Um, I've got a story I use in, in one of my presentations and we talk about this, about uh, a little girl and her friend spend the whole morning setting up a funeral. And they've got, they, they pull this two drawer dresser out into the middle of the, uh, the room and they drape a bl baby blanket over it. And they put a cardboard on the box on there to represent the coffin. And they've got a, a little container full of these plastic alligator clamps that are flowers. And they've got all the chairs set up and, and they come and invite me to the funeral for, for actually a plastic toy, a toy frog that died. And, and we have this whole funeral thing. And the one little girl is handing the other tissues and patting her on the back and going through this whole thing. And then we had the whole service. I mean, I had to get up and speak. Naked Barbie had to get up and talk because the Barbies are like always naked. And, and, and then we had to reset and have the service again. And through this whole thing, I'm, I'm biting my lip trying not to giggle because it's, it's incredibly cute and funny and silly and, and that part of it. But on the other hand, I'm trying not to cry because I know what's going on here because one of the girls two weeks before this, a, a 32 year old best friend of her father had died in an industrial accident and little Lily had went to her first funeral and saw her first coffin and all the sad songs and sad stories. And, and so in my playroom, she was trying to, to make sense of it. Um, the problem is a lot of these kinds of play are aesthetically unpleasing for, for the adults. And so we shut them down and, and steal the learning, the emotional healing almost that's going on in them. Yeah. It reminds me like, um, we even saw stuff like kids were rioting <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and protesting for both sides. Um, you know, like standing up for police, like, you know, um, what else? We saw like signs, like election signs out at some of our sites. Um, so yeah, I just think that there, because there's so many things happening and the news, the news is on at home sometimes. And then they're, 
we're seeing it process, processed uh, throughout you know, the woods, basically, in all different locations. But the other really interesting thing is children are, I also feel like, like this kind of play environment is almost like a, a refuge, like a, a, like away from the adult fears right now so that children can forget about what's happening. So we've also had children come and say, I forgot about the pandemic for a little bit, you know, and one of our, our providers cried after that. Cause she was like, I'm, I know that I'm giving children what they need at this time. Like, it's mm -hmm. almost like I'm serving the children with this, this very important need. Um, but yeah, just like protection away from that. Like, so they can just be kids. They don't have to like worry about anything out there. And it feels like I forget about it too. Like, you know, they're just playing. And then, um, yeah, it's like a, it's a, a respite for the adults too. Which yeah. Is yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I hope a listener will correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, one of Peter, Dr. Peter Gray's conditions of play is that play is separate from the real world. It's set off from reality. Oh. And that, that's a, that's a huge thing. Play is a, is a safe haven. Um, yeah. That children can explore and and interact with uh, with these things, kind of play with safe versions of what's going on in the real world. So, um, I mean, and that's why the funeral play and, and the death play and all these kinds of things, because it's a it's a safe space to to explore those different different uh, things that are going on in the realities. And I, I don't think maybe so much of the early learning world is rushing towards school readiness that sometimes we forget to pull back and pay attention to the therapeutic sides of play, which is, is kind of what these things are, are really about. Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning a lot about this, but I feel like the mental health doctor was also saying, we're like basically what you're saying, that we're rushing to the, the, the cognitive, the higher level thinking skills. And right now, like children, like we need to take care of the reptilian brain, like the basic you know, the emotional brain, um, the children need the base, the basics right now to practice emotional regulation and feeling safe and secure right now. And so it might not be the best time to do, um, to only focus on academics, but laying that foundation to make sure they're regulated and that they're processing what's happening. Yeah. It, I mean, it's all the, 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 the lower levels of uh, Maslow's pyramid. And yes. and we we kind of we kind of expect young children and even some adults to uh, to rush past those things because in the crazy times we're living in, there are a lot of caregivers out there and caregivers, significant others, and families that are that are needing those things on the lower ends of that pyramid before they can they can do anything anything above that. And and we do kind of kind of rush through it. Um, yeah. And this isn't the the need for the safe haven, the need to explore these maybe kind of types of play that are uncomfortable for adults isn't a new thing either. It's been going on for as long as there have been human children. I mean, 20 years ago now, it was all recreating 9-11 and lots of stories about uh, airplanes crashing and buildings falling in and especially block play areas and dramatic play areas when that was going on because kids feed their play feeds on what's going on in the worlds around them. So of course, whatever's going on in the news is going to show up in their play, whether we adults like it or not. Yes, definitely. So how, how have, um, how have you, how have all the, all your programs um, been, have they been comfortable embracing these kind of maybe more challenging types, types of play, or is it, is it something that's maybe a little bit off-putting to some of them or what's the, 
No, I, um, not that I know of, but our providers, I mean, we do, there's a lot of training and it's just, I think we're just more noticing and like kind of sharing, um, you know, like here's some really interesting themes that are going on and how can we respect that and, um, but still keep them safe. And so for the most, yeah, I, there hasn't been any issues or or fears from the provider. Just, Good, because yeah. I, I hear a lot of programs struggle with this because kids bring in these kinds of uh, you know, things that are going on in their life and, and want to explore them in the play area. And a lot of times the, the adult caregivers get uncomfortable with that and then shut it, shut it down. Um, I mean, rough and tumble play, weapons play, superhero play, those kind of things um, are, are obvious examples. But uh, I mean, I've, I've run into too many programs that are that are. Act, actively shut down death play, for example, pretending grandma died and having the funeral because it, it makes them as the adult uncomfortable. Um, oh, and and it, it's sad to see that happen. But I, I know I know where it comes from because there's the aesthetic around play and you, you think, well, that's not the way kids should play. And so you try to curtail it. But what you do when you do that is you kind of you kind of drive that kind of play underground uh, when you make it taboo and cause they're still gonna, they're still gonna play at it, but then it's, it's not going to be out in the open when you could, where you could help manage it and, and offer support, which makes it uh, a little bit more challenging for the kids probably. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that they need to play around with those things to really overcome fears, you know, like to play like the evil. Um, that was another thing the doctor said was like, sometimes we have to have be able to play the role of the evil person or the bad guy, you know, that role of good versus evil is a lot of that's coming up too. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you have to play the bad guy out there because you need to um, embrace your fears about it. And then and often you can overcome your fears of what the scary things that are happening out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just that whole process of, of, trying on somebody else's worldview, which is what's going on when that happens is, I mean, talk about, talk about levels of cognitive development and social emotional development. That's, that's huge. And, and yet three, four, five-year-olds are doing it all the time in these kinds of plays. So it's really amazing when you're able to step back and, and, and see it in action and, and kind of uh, decipher a little bit. And, and I, and I hope more programs, especially in these crazy times, look at, look at embracing those kinds of play. Yeah, um, I agree. Any final thoughts on this one before we pull the plug on this episode? No, I think that's it. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon with another episode of Timber Nook Tips. Uh, Be safe out there. Go play. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Timber Nook Tips. Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash Timber Nook for more Angela visit timbernook.com. For more Jeff, visit explorationsearlylearning.com. Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. 